Welcome to the latest Rich Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. So today my guest is Jeanette Thompson, who is a partner at the leading law firm Kingsley Napley and a member of the Law Society Council. Kingsley Napley are our hosts for our London Summit and we are very grateful for their support. So thanks again for joining me today, today, Jeanette. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role that you now have today? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Grace. So I um, started my career, my legal career, should I say, at the United Bristol Healthcare Trust. I was a trainee solicitor in the legal services department there, and I trained there for just under two years. I had some time to count as I'd done some paralegal work experience before at the Revenue and Customs. Once I qualified, I then came back to London, which is where I am from, and I trained at a firm mainly specialising in healthcare, and that's the team that I was in. So I was in their fitness to practice professional disciplinary team, and I was mainly defending doctors and dentists in relation to disciplinary matters before their regulatory bodies. And then around the beginning of 2011, I wanted a slight change to my career and a pivot. So I joined Kingsley Napley, where I am now. And I joined Kingsley Napley as an associate in May of 2011. I became a senior associate in 2015 and then applied and was accepted to the partnership in 2020, which was a pivotal moment for me because that personally was my goal. It's not always the goal that that you want to become a partner, but it was for me. So it was a very telling moment in my career and something I'd worked very hard for. Brilliant. So when you were at school, did you know precisely what you wanted to do or be in the future? Did you maybe know that you wanted to go into the kind of the law side of work? I did. I knew very early on that I wanted to be a lawyer, actually. I was one of those people that age seven, I already knew what I wanted to do in terms of my career. And in a way that made me, I suppose, somewhat lucky because I knew what I was working towards. I had set goals, but then it also means that you put pressure on yourself. So there's, you know, pros and cons to everything. But yes, I knew very early on what I wanted to do. Brilliant. So I know you went to university, the city university in London. How important do you think it actually is to go to university, however? Because, you know, there's a lot of apprenticeships, graduate schemes, lots of different things that can get young people into the workplace that they want to go into at, you know, a younger age without having to go to university. Absolutely. And I would never advocate to someone just go to the university for the sake of it. There are Mm -hmm. lots of different routes into professions now, as you say. Even the legal profession is very different from when I joined it, because then it was very much do a training contract or nothing. Whereas now there are solicitor apprenticeships. We've got the SQE and the super qualifying exam and qualifying work experience. And if you're not in the legal sector, obviously, I can only speak to what I have seen in terms of the marketplace. There are lots of, you say, apprenticeships, kind of working on the job, being able to study and work at the same time and potentially just working your way up in any given sector. So university is a very personal decision for somebody to make. And you shouldn't just go because of the fact that you feel the pressure to go. Really think about, especially if you don't necessarily know what you want to do. 
because going to university and studying for an undergraduate degree that you get to the end of and think, what am I going to do with this? I don't really have a plan has a number of pros and cons to it. Yes, you get the university life and you get the opportunity to study in such a, a prestigious establishment, but there's also financial implications with that. So I wouldn't advocate just to go to university for the sake of it. Really think about the decision before you do it. Brilliant. So the world is changing so, so much and also very quickly at the moment. So perhaps what do you think work for women may look like in 10 years time and what do you also hope it may look like? I definitely hope it looks more equitable for women Mm -hmm. in 10 years time. And there's a difference between equality and equity. Equity is making sure that everybody starts out from a level playing field rather than making it equal for people once they get there. So I want the workplace for women to definitely be more equitable. I also would love to see more people and more women in certain sectors like STEM, like electronics, um, engineering. And I also want women to never feel like they have to make a choice between having a family, whether that is a a nuclear family of their own children or extended kind of parenting or caring responsibilities. it's a struggle for many women of thinking that they can't have both. So I definitely would like that to be um, more recognised in the future. Yeah, definitely. I love how you use, you distinguish the words of equality and equity. I think they sound very similar. I think some people may get them confused. And I think I definitely agree. I think in the future, people should be more focused on starting, as you said, on a level playing field than having to work hard um, and maybe against different things to finally get that equality once they get to a certain level so I completely agree and thank you for you know discerning those different types not a problem at all (laughs) so I personally believe that mentors can be a great tool is going to sound weird but I hope everyone listening gets what I mean by that um it's kind of tool to use and I think both sides of mentoring, you know, gets experience, the mentor and the mentee. So have you perhaps had had any mentors throughout your career or have there been anyone that you particularly admire? I have had the benefit of mentors in my career, both informally and formally. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a really enriching process when your mentor is more like a friend. Yeah. But they're in the same profession as you or someone that can offer you insights into whatever sector you are in. And I've had a number of mentors throughout the course of my career, such that I am very passionate about mentoring others because I know how much it benefited my career to be able in both positive and more constructive moments to have a mentor to enable me to see through whatever I was going through, to give me tips, to listen to me to give me ideas, to help me think outside of the box sometimes, because especially when you're going through a difficult patch in your career, you can sometimes feel quite doom and gloomy. And I've certainly Mm -hmm. had that. But mentors have this ability by listening and engaging and also giving you some personal insights from their own careers of helping you navigate that space. 
So I absolutely advocate people having mentors, whatever type of profession they are in or what role or job, etc. they are doing, because they are absolutely pivotal to any career progression. Yeah, I completely agree. So the theme of our summits, as you'll find out very soon, is very focused on I can do it and making sure that the girls know that by the end of the day that they can do whatever they want to. So is there anything that you thought that you perhaps couldn't do that you actually have managed to do? So in my career, there was a point where I considered leaving the legal sector. I didn't see as many role models, especially black female senior people within the legal sector as I thought I would have done. There was a point in my career where I had basically navigated myself to about the three-year post-qualification point and was starting to feel whether the legal sector was really for me and whether it was as inclusive as I'd thought it was. Mm. And I did doubt myself and thought that maybe I should be doing something else. There was also some kind of background noise to that as well as to a lack of kind of support But I navigated my way through that. And part of that was having mentors, both inside and outside of my um, career, actually. So some of those mentors I met actually in Kingsley Napoli when I joined and some of them were outside. So they were completely hands off from the law, but were just professional women who could offer me insights from their own careers in teaching, in um, coaching, in mentoring, in actually a number of different sectors that um, some of the women that I know and really trust. So I think I overcame that hump of I don't belong here and therefore I'm going to go off and do something else. And obviously Mm. everybody's decision is very personal as to what they do. But I definitely managed to get through that point thinking I couldn't do it. So I know that... Everyone is very busy, you know, whether you're in school, university, in job as yourself. Um, Speaking from experience, what would you say are some great ways to manage kind of work life balance? Um, Because I know many people can struggle with that as, you know, everyone's always got things to do. Absolutely. And I will not pretend, Grace, that I've got it absolutely right. (laughs) But um, some of the things that I do are being very strategic and purposeful about who I spend my time with because one of the things at the beginning of your career especially the type of individual that I am I'm a bit of a people pleaser so I want to be able to say yes to everything so that I can stand out not because of the fact that I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it but also because of the fact that I want to learn and I want to be able to open myself up to different things that I haven't had the opportunity to but that can also lead to burnout So I got to a point in my career and I actually had a coaching session where someone said to me, the coach said to me, you don't have to do everything. There are times when it's the best thing for you to say no because of the fact that where is that going to lead? Are you going to enjoy it? Is it actually as important for you and your career as you think it is? So now I'm much more um, focused on being organised at the beginning of the week or the month. And I tend to review my, I suppose, my to-do list quite frequently and setting aside time for particular things. So if Mm -hmm. I say I'm going to meet my friends or my family to do something personal, I don't 
missed that. Work permitting, and I, I think actually 99.9% of the time I've never had to miss it because of a work engagement. I make sure that if I need to, for example, I'll start at work day slightly earlier so that I can go to the theatre with my friends in the evening. Or yeah. if I know that perhaps on a Friday I'm going to be meeting my family for dinner, etc., then I make sure that I have kind of positioned my work week as much as possible so that I meet those personal engagements because outside of the work, those are the people that keep me going on an everyday basis. Mm. Yeah, I think it's very important to section between work time and family time and slash friends, of course, um, and making sure that you do see those people, I think is very useful because sometimes people just get stuck in the the like the monotonous cycle of just working and working and they don't think about oh I should catch up with that friend or that family member so I think it's it's definitely a good thing to do yeah I absolutely agree now do you still have any personal or professional ambitions that you wish to fulfill in the future I do. So personal ambitions. I absolutely love traveling. Traveling is my thing to do. I love embracing different cultures, seeing different places. So I've got quite a few more pins that I need to put on the map of places that I haven't been to yet. Um, South America being one of them, mm. an area of the world that I haven't touched at all. So um, Belize, Costa Rica are some ple- places that I want to go to. But I've also got places like Zanzibar, etc. that I really want to see. So personally, lots more travel um, permitting. And in terms of my professional ambitions, it's actually kind of a twofold. For me, it ties in with my passion about diversity and inclusion. And it's really about making the legal sector not only more inclusive, but more equitable for people that come from ethnic minorities. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I think travelling is just very, very rewarding. Because as you said, embracing different cultures you a learn a lot and b i think it just deepens your perspective and i agree i think belize and costa rica should be on everyone's bucket list because the the weather looks great and i'm sure it's a beautiful place to visit yeah so what would you say are your top tips that you would give girls when they start to think about their careers and their future because i know that some people don't always have it figured out from day one and some people maybe figure it out way down the line so what would you say are your tips for girls generally absolutely I think the first thing is not to put pressure on yourself because that is something and this is obviously a slight generalization but lots of studies have shown this to be true that women tend to put more pressure on themselves to have done and achieved things by a certain age because of the fact that society kind of pumps you with that message yeah so not to put too much pressure on themselves give themselves time space in order to not only figure out what they enjoy, but also align that enjoyment and passion with what they do. Because there is nothing worse than being stuck in a job or career that you dislike and possibly hate because of the fact that you thought that that's what you should be doing. Because everyone said, oh, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be whatever it is the profession is, and realising that's not actually your passion. If you can align the two, that makes for a happier life altogether. Yeah, so take, don't put, put too much pressure on yourself. Take your time to make that decision. And also be 
And this sounds simple and maybe trite to some people, but be kind. Because actually in being kind and taking time with people, you learn so much that enriches your career. And also in that being kind very often opens you up to opportunities that people would not give to someone else because they've had a bad experience with that individual. So much of what we do at work in whatever sector you're in, the legal sector, whether it's medicine, engineering, etc., is not just being great at what you do, but also being good to people. Yeah, I think that's some great advice, and I'm sure the listeners listening will um, surely take that advice on. Thank you. <laughs> so what would you say are just some like, non-negotiables that you have? So just what won't you compromise on in both your personal and professional life? My integrity. I'm not compromising on that at all. I am not going to put myself into positions or do things that compromise my personal values, regardless of whether that's in my personal or professional life. It also comes back to what we were talking about um, previously about how you spend your time. Mm. I'm not going to sacrifice so much of myself that I don't have a personal life, that I don't have time for my family and friends. So I'm absolutely willing to work hard, but not to the point of the detriment of the people that I love and care about. Brilliant. I think that those are some great things to really stick to, because I think, as I've said before, we both said before, family time is just so important and making sure that you get that social life. Absolutely, absolutely. Those are the people that keep you going in those dark moments of your career, actually, which is why I, it's not a negotiable for me to not spend time with them when I want to. Yeah, definitely. So finally, um, hypothetically, if you could spend an hour just chatting to, say, three people over a coffee, a tea, maybe like a croissant whatever really fits your fancy in this hypothetical cafe who would they be and why can I ask a question first Grace are they allowed to be dead or alive or do they have to be alive nope they can they can be they can be dead (laughs) okay so the three people then that I would choose are Bob Marley okay cool Alicia Keys yes and Ruth Bader Ginsburg cool those would be my three I think those are some great people. Brilliant. Absolutely. One of the things that I, Bob Marley died before I was born, but Mm -hmm. his music has just transcended so many generations and it empowers people. And I would have loved to be able to have time with him in the Blue Mountains of Jamaica over a coffee, to be able to speak to him about his career and what really got him going. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because she is just ultimate woman power. She was a powerhouse (laughs) on her own, took care of her family, her husband, who became very unwell, and Alicia Keys, because she is just a powerhouse. She is girl on fire. So Mm -hmm. I would absolutely love to spend time with her as well. Brilliant. I I think those are some great people. So I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Jeanette. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their future careers and in their future in general. So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. More details about us and our upcoming summit will be at www.reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Barclays, Centrica and Kingsley Napoli. (laughs) 